we're back. Welcome to Print Your Games, the podcast for the 3D printing gaming hobbyists who all enjoy the magic box that makes all the toys we want. I'm Jefferson J. Thacker, also known as Param, and I'm joined by Kristen N. Sowards. Also known as Lost Spheres. And a very special guest, our first guest on the podcast, Woo-hoo! Maxim from The Printing Goes Ever On, one of my favorite Patreons to watch. Hey, Maxim. Oh, hi there. <laughs> Thank you Thank for joining you so us. Much. Thank you for having me here. So, Maxim, you are a you 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 help run in uh, the company. You run the company, right? The printing goes ever on. A miniature Patreon. The the magical people that give us the files that make the toys come out the printer, right? That's right. I've been doing this for a year now. It seems Ooh. it all went really fast. You're on chapter sixteen. This that means month sixteen, right? Uh, that means month sixteen. That's exactly right. Very right. cool. Also, I like that yours are yours are easy to track because every time I see a new release from from you all, it's like chapter number and then cool tight and then I know exactly which one. It is. Whereas, yeah, I dig I dig that book vibe. That is very cool. It's got good energy. <laughs> That's exactly the gimmick that I'm really proud about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Maxim, uh, before we get started, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what the printing goes ever on is. All right, so maybe from from what the printing goes ever on uh, is, it will be easier uh, to segue mm-hmm. into me. Uh, so uh, the printing goes ever on is a Patreon where we make uh, miniatures, terrain, and monsters, also some D&D stuff like uh, stat blocks, maps, uh, and we are keeping it uh fairly in a, a low fantasy theme. Um, I'm actually quite, quite usually inspired by historical uh, themes. Uh, for example, uh, I used to do a historical reconstruction of uh, early medieval uh, times, so uh, you can possibly see some of the, that influence in my work. Um, so yeah, we make miniatures mostly, um, but we also have uh, some other cool stuff like a 3D app for customizing the minis sometimes. Uh, so that's also like a big, big thing uh, in what we do. Uh, um, right, so about me, uh, I am, well, from my uh, so educational side, I'm, uh, I finished uh, med school, so, uh, well, that was quite a, a tough one, however, I kind of lost the, the feel for it during my uh, studies, uh, and uh, sought for some other way of uh, well, having a, a life without uh, having to work at a hospital, hospital for example, so uh, that's how it all basically started uh, with some skills I grabbed on along the way of well, going to school and uh, making some game mods and similar. And wow. well, now we are here. <laughs> so like you went to med school, like I expected to hear like you were, uh, well, there, there's two backgrounds for, for gaming that I found. Either you're super into computers or you're somehow involved in education. And if I talk to most of the people I know in the gaming industry, they go down one of those two paths. And every now and then, an outlier of awesome shows up, like Ron Lundin, <laughs> who was a, a lawyer beforehand. And now, a doc. Where you went to med school, you were a, a doctor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's so like your, your miniature anatomy must be like on point. <laughs> I mean, it does help a little, but you know... The anatomy is mostly about the insides, though. True, true. Still very, very yeah, cool. It, it helps to know where such some muscles are not from, uh, you know, uh, anatomy books for artists, which focus, you know, on the flashy stuff. So a med school doctor turned 3D gaming printer company is not a typical path. So, like, were you, like, a fan of gaming? Or, like, what attracted you to decide you are going to become a sculptor? Well, you know, I... 
always loved minis and uh, the whole idea of minis and painting them, although I'm useless at that. Uh, but we, well, I, I live in a country where uh, usually minis aren't that cheap, and uh, we, we had to uh, work around that with uh, like making them for, from polymer clay, and they were really hideous. Yeah, I can <laughs> so, <imagine. laughs> yeah. so um, well, some well, yeah, years passed, and uh, printers happened, so mm -hmm. uh, things things changed drastically. And uh, well, for the first time, actually, it, it was possible to have uh, a well, at least a skirmish warband for for your table without having to spend really lots, lots of lots of money. So that's like one of the main reasons. Uh, however, well, actually, the midway between all of this was uh, that I uh, bought a three D scanner for some uh, medical purposes. I mean, we made some research uh, for plastic surgery, and uh, I bought it from my own money to do that. So I wanted to somehow uh, recuperate for the costs, and uh, during a convention. Uh, uh, I scanned people and uh, printed minis out, out of them, out of the cosplay or <laughs> just from convention goers. Uh, but actually in the process, it turned out that uh, the scans were not that good and they needed some sculpt work. So in, in between that, uh, they it was actually much, much faster to just sculpt someone <laughs> than uh, start from the scan. So... That's how it basically went down, because uh, then it turned out that uh, printing physical things, especially uh, in here in Poland, wasn't that big a deal. And uh, it, the market became super competitive in a short time. So having like one machine and uh, no possibility to upscale, well, that basically killed the, the, the options. So, well, transition to digital was the, the main option for... So, like, uh, did you have a... a an artistic background or is it like self completely self-taught over the last couple of years on your sculpting completely scale? completely self-taught i made some game mods i'll try at least to make some game <laughs> mods i was into game design and uh, making video games for a while but uh, i never really had uh, all the tenacity to fight through uh, the whole uh, pipeline for character art like uh, making uh, the the topology textures uv maps everything it was quite a lot and uh, well sculpting and making printable stuff is so much uh, simpler and uh, quicker than that that's really now, cool for um, any of our listeners who are curious the, uh, the 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 models you see in video games they may look really cool and detailed and and high resolution these days but they are even even now very simplistic actual uh, 3d geometry and they hide that with like textures and 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 various files they're basically wearing wallpaper that like if you've ever seen somebody walk through like the convention with a t-shirt that made them look like they had a wolverine six-pack that's basically what video game characters are doing all the time and uh it, with 3d printing those video game characters uh aren't good for 3d printing that you have to try to restore a bunch of detail that was stripped out in the process so uh so scope is a it's a slightly different uh, process we won't really know what happens with with uh, Unreal Engine Five right now, uh, and the new technology for like millions of polygons on screen at the same time. I mean, this could actually lead to some some new new situations in character art. So to keep a look at that. Very cool. Do you have some ambitions for some of your uh, the current set? These really cool riding rangers like showing up in an Unreal game someday. <laughs> Well, uh, this would require to work on them from the start uh, over again. So oh. I'm not sure, but you never know. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, 
Let's Do you mind if I ask a question? Yeah. So yeah. I'm not currently um, a member of your Patreon, and there, there's a lot of Patreons out there. Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit specifically about your Patreon and like why it would maybe draw in customer like me? Mm, sure. Uh, I mean, we can start from the more technical stuff. As you said, there are lots of Patreons out there, and uh, it can be easy to forget to download some files, for example. Uh, so first of all, we have a system that integrates with uh, our website. So we have a uh, library on our website that allows you to download stuff whenever you want, and it's updated quickly and uh, without a hassle. It uh, works pretty well. I mean, it's been in, <laughs> in the works for a year now, and the improvements have been made for that. So uh, that's one thing. Uh, that is uh, quite a nice bonus in all this uh, if you are subscribed to more than one creator and don't want to remember about everything. Uh, what uh, I think is a uh, key thing in the general art direction is that uh, we're trying to keep it keep things uh, logical. Um, mm -hmm. So when something is uh, should be there, like we have goblins that are sca scavengers and they live in a dwarven uh, mine. This means they have uh, probably sca scavenged some stuff uh, for their armor, for example, and for their weapons. So it means that uh, they have representations of those, thi of those things on them, right? So that's like uh, a really important thing in, in what we are doing. Um, there's, there's this direction to make things uh, reasonable uh, and how it would actually happen uh, in such situations. Uh, I uh, watched some uh, GDC uh, video from uh, the art, art, direct art director of uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, and uh, it influenced me a lot in, in terms of thinking about this and uh, how how things should actually uh, happen when, I mean, people and characters are in a world and they exist there and uh, interact with their surroundings. So yeah, that's one thing. Uh, Very cool. So thing, kind of just like that narrative flow through to make sure that like things make sense and follow that. Exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Um, what else? Uh, we, I, I especially don't, don't, I'm not a fan of uh, exaggerated proportions, so I'm keeping it fairly uh, well, to, to the extent that printing can allow us, uh, so not uh, doing super real scale, but uh, uh, real scale adjusted to printability. Uh, so there are some a little bigger heads and hands, but uh, otherwise I'm trying to keep it uh, fairly fairly naturalistic and uh, without those huge uh, muscles and huge feet. <laughs> Right, um, right. Kind, kind of depends. That's, that's an aesthetic choice. So if you're yeah. into that, yeah. Uh, yeah. One thing I do appreciate is that you do have that like more realistic proportions to your characters, but you've avoided the pitfall that I've seen on a lot of artists that go for that realistic proportions. And then like the spears are are like so fragile, you look at them and they break in half. You still have like you've still got like you you've had printing in mind from the beginning with with this art. And so when I print out like your swords and your spears and your bows, they don't just immediately disintegrate just because they were at a realistic uh, art style. Yeah, I mean, I think that's because I actually started with printing and not sculpting. And uh, because of that, <laughs> I knew uh, frustration points like <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I mean, I still print my, my models and uh, this way we can see what, what happens. Uh, but, uh, but you're absolutely right that uh, we are really trying to keep it uh, usable on the table and not just uh, for views. You mentioned you had a printer at home. What model is that? I have an Epax X1 with the LED array upgrade. I'm unfamiliar with this printer. <laughs> uh, Epax, I mean, they are pretty 
pretty big uh, from the US, I think. Uh, and you said, was this the one of the printers, printers you originally got for medical stuff, or was this something you picked up more recently? No, actually, never, never, never used anything printing for medical stuff because oh, just doing the anything, scanning was for medical yeah, stuff. Yeah, anything okay. printing is and generally doing for medical, uh, the, the certificates, especially for printed stuff, are terrible and really hard to get. Gotcha. I see the thing now. Yes, this is a looks like a fairly nice. Uh, I guess it's about Mars size. Yes. It's, it's standard. This small printer, uh, well, because it's quite old right now. So <laughs> back then, when there were no big printers, resin printers, right. in the consumer market at least. And you have this, uh, like, you've got this like low classic traditional fantasy look to your stuff. I mean, everything like it looks like illustrations I would see from uh, like uh, fantasy novels and stuff, like pre like Magic the Gathering, pre Age of Sigmar, uh, high fantasy stuff. Yeah. Uh... That's a thing that uh, also is fairly focused. Uh, we are working with an illustrator uh, from Poland uh, called uh, Saturday Arts, and uh, she makes the concept art for the minis. And that's why it's probably keeping close to them allows for this fairly illustrative feel to, to them, at least uh, to some extent, where it can be translated, uh, right? The 2D uh, stylized illustration into a mini that also works for, for a normal game. Uh, however, this also is a limitation because uh, keeping uh, close to the style, uh, we can't, for example, make uh, the typical D&D races that uh, actually I think some people would, would enjoy to see, like, uh, you know, Dragonborn or uh, Thiefly. Are there plans to... Oh, sorry, Chris. That's okay. I was just, just going to mention, I, I did see the Teeny clone imprint is on your printing catalog. Is that... <laughs> that, is that, that was, was that uh, early on or is that something newer or what is that? Yeah, Tiny clone, that was the, the scanning uh, okay. endeavor I started I, with. Yeah, I just saw really that cool. there was definitely like a broad range there. I saw a couple tiefling. I saw tiefling. I saw um, yeah. some, some historical mini stuff that looked very like accurate. I think so, that's, like, that was actually the scans, yeah. Okay, okay. So there's a little bit of that looming in there. I saw there was a really cool, I think it was labeled as Lust Demon. People might recognize it from another movie franchise, maybe, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it was really neat, and uh, I actually bought it immediately. <laughs> oh, so. no. <laughs> oh, it was neat. So I was just kind of curious because you know, as as uh, Perma was saying, um, are you planning to move out of that, or is it still you're just going to be kind of in the chapters of this kind of low fantasy situation? Mm, this really depends depends because we have a project running, uh, building up to a project that's uh, actually uh, <laughs> I'm re legally required to say that uh, co-funded by our government, Polish government. We managed to secure like a, a dotation for uh, mainly a D&D module, but uh, it's uh, something focusing around uh, themes that we are comfortable with uh, in this geographical geographical area, I'll say. Okay. So, uh, making a little spoiler, if you like uh, things like uh, The Witcher, it could be something for you. Oh, very cool. Uh, is it going to be a Kickstarter? Do you, or is it too early mm. to say? It is most likely going to be a Kickstarter, so uh, not start uh, another uh, Patreon or something like that. Obviously, and, you'll you'll announce it to your patrons, though, so I'm going to check, check out your Patreon to follow that news, too, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it gives credibility to the fact that we can actually deliver the files. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I also noticed that um, you mentioned the a D and D five E RPG, and I, most of the Kickstarter, not Kickstarters, most of the Patreons I see, they they usually are like very catering to RPGers and very cater or very catering to uh, the war gamers. And you all actually release like D and D stats for your your uh, for your uh, 
characters and monsters and adventures, right? Yeah, that's right. My uh, friend who makes the stats actually kind of hates me because it's all the same for him oh, in no. the end because he doesn't have much freedom in terms of you know making crazy D and D stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we are doing that. So we are like. Uh, in the middle ground, trying to do a little wargaming, uh, especially with the customizers and uh, a little uh, D&D. I mean, kind of works. Oh, let's talk about those customizers. That's something that really sets uh, your Patreon apart. Uh, uh, many of the our listeners are probably uh, familiar with like Hero Forge and stuff. So I was kind of surprised when I noticed that, like, oh, I, it's it's like it's like a it's like that, but with all your stuff. <laughs> How did this happen? Not <laughs> not really like that <laughs> but uh, yeah I, uh, people often ask how is this different from Hero Forge and why are you even making this um, well uh, I got frustrated with uh, the first like we decided to make a modular release because it was really requested by patrons mm -hmm. and uh, well, I, we went, went all in with like 100 pieces or more so uh, I got frustrated with print tests I really frustrated because uh, having all the things in there and uh, mirroring them correctly and uh, seeing how they will look together, it was just a nightmare. So, uh, well, the uh, opportunity happened and uh, I this up. And the main thing for me, at least in this, was to be able to configure a model and then uh, export the pre-supported bits to print the model out in the end and uh, to do this for like uh, a whole warband uh, and have it ready uh, through, through a weekend and uh, not really fuss about uh, importing the correct parts, searching for them uh, in sheet box then and uh, mirroring them on one axis and the other. So yeah, that was the main goal in that. And uh, it actually, uh, I think people did enjoy it. So that's why I make uh, releases, but they are, uh, as you may imagine, they are much more daunting <laughs> to prepare than a normal, normal month. Uh, because so the process involved, yeah, it's, there's much, much, much more. <laughs> to clarify, though, you're not only doing all the sculpting, you're also programming the app yourself as well? Yeah. Oh, my wow. goodness. And your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> this is nuts. <laughs> wow. Hat I was really to you. Mad <laughs> respect. <laughs> During my uh, studies, I was really bored, so yeah, I picked up programming. <laughs> I mean, I I have to kind of sympathize with that with that sentiment because I get bored and I'm I make old websites to custom print spell cards. But believe like this is a, a bridge too far even for for me on this one. You you're going <laughs> yeah. nuts. That's oh. impressive. It, it, impressive. it really is. Like I, I thought for sure you contracted with like some web developer or small web developer team or something or or found like a cool thing. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really nice. I mean, yeah, the basics are in the framework because uh, doing that from the start it would be terrible. But uh, I mean, the whole logic and all the all the other things are are coded by me, so I don't take full credit for making 3D, for example. Well, I do love it. I mean, and in fact, it, I'm I'm working on a a elf uh an a elf army project uh that I've been about finished and using your customizers, I've been using that to build up a whole bunch of. Uh, of models to add to that specifically like the elf rangers and stuff and so i so i very much appreciate it because it lets me cycle through an entire bunch of options in a hurry and then just download just the files i need i've 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 very much enjoyed this addition to your uh, library and roster and so so param is that me friendly or is it just like a it is super friendly, friendly. it super is a friendly? super friendly software yeah yeah it's, it's I, I am great. not nearly so technical so uh I often get intimidated, but if it's if it's user friendly, that's exciting to me because 
I don't have a lot of time to pick through that kind of stuff. I don't think I could afford making something that was not, not user friendly because then all the uh, support tickets would overflow me in my mailbox forever. That's amazing. Um, you kind of jumped right into interviewing. Do we want to talk about current project now, or since he since he's talking about, it, or we want to come back to that later? Or? Uh, sure. What are you working on right now? <laughs> uh, well. Uh, of course, we have Patreon releases, so that's that's something that uh, is the main in focus. Um, so for next month, well, we are basically finishing this month right now. So uh, we'll I'll probably talk about next month. That will have uh, well, for we had chapter three. That was uh, I think it was chapter three. I'm getting lost in all this, but I think it was chapter three. That uh, we had some dark riders, and mm -hmm. uh, now we are making like uh, also on Patreon request uh, a full uh, full bundle of those to. Uh, to have some more variety in the designs mm -hmm. and also make some of them that will be able to fly yet another flying beast that we had this month. We'll have another one, uh, one in, Dece in December. Yeah. I was wondering when the rest of those crew would show up because uh, the, the big flying beast, like I saw that and that like that was impressive. Uh, I'm going to pull that up on screen. That was just a crazy pull. Let me see if I can screenshot Is this from last month? Because that's going to pull it up two seconds. This month, actually. I think like any person listening uh, live today has time to jump in on this if they want for this month, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you're listening live right now, hurry and click the button. Okay, you've got it in the background here. Uh, it is like... It's, you've got the, this gigantic flying wervin. It's like tilted on. I like how you tilted it up on the wings because sometimes when people do these gigantic dragons with giant wingspans, it's like, that's cool. I can't use it on my table because the second it turns left, it's going to knock everything off. Right. Yes, like accessing minis under it was also also a problem. So yeah, I, I do understand that. Uh, all credit goes to our our amazing sculptor uh, who is in charge of the monsters, uh, Magda, and she uh, concepted it this way. And yeah, it was really mind blowing. So yeah, that's the current project. However, we also have the second running project that is the puzzles and props. Uh, oh, yes. or props and beyond run. So, uh, so this was the Kickstarter, uh, and now we also have uh, an MMF tribes for the monthly bundles of props also. Okay, so it's going to be continuing. I, I saw the Kickstarter and thought it was a really clever idea. I did not at first realize that it was the same uh, you, the same people doing the, the props. So what can people expect from a puzzles and props? Like, what is that for? Like, why would somebody want to utilize this for their games? Uh, it started with uh, with uh, accessibility of the printers again, <laughs> mm -hmm. because uh, uh, well, if you have probably encountered this situation that uh, you want, really want to describe some kind of puzzle uh, mm -hmm. or artifact to your players, and mm -hmm. you want them to be able to. Uh, somehow uh, crack it and uh, access what's inside, for example, or some message. And uh, you also probably know that always goes the other way than you expected with uh, players. So having something physical that can rep represent it uh, is, uh, well, a neat trick, trick that, that can not only make it possible to actually unlock some puzzle uh, with uh, lots of collaboration. Of course, the more people there are, the longer it takes to open the puzzle. That's how it goes. Uh, but also uh, to engage less uh, active players, for example, because they have some uh, other way to enter the game with another sense, like touch and feel. Uh, while uh, also it break makes it easier to uh, break uh, the suspension of disbelief and uh, to uh, engage in the game a little more because you have something that uh, creates a buffer. So wearing a ring 
that you have in game makes it uh, just a little bit more uh, possible to be your character at the table. So yeah, that was one of my, the, the main reason here. Yeah, I think I've mentioned that. I have players at my table who have uh, aphantasia, and so they, they can't visualize um, like theater of the mind. And so mm-hmm. uh, just, just having that one little thing, and, and it's weird because even for role-playing situations, if they have like a ring or like a scroll case or something, it's, 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 a, it's a way for them to connect very immersively. Um, and, and I've noticed like a lot of them, like um, like like the dice towers or the wands, I think you have some really cool wands on, on your prop <laughs> stuff. I've seen that. They're really neat. So I think that's like I, to, totally right on. A um, good way for them to engage, especially if they struggle with other ways to immerse like that. And I think it's very cool. It's not like as intense as like cosplay, but it yeah. is a, a very good touch point, kind of a nice crafting uh meetup spot for players and, and gm so thank you for saying that i did, didn't wasn't aware that uh, i actually helps people who have such problems that's that's really important absolutely that's one of the reasons why i'm a, a big nut for um 3d minis and printing as as a whole because i have players i didn't know for years that mm-hmm. struggled and and finally you know we had some some kind of sessions there were very open dialogues and um turned out that i had two two different games with people with aphantasia and, and like i had no wow. idea so and i've been gaming for you know 20 years almost and here i was like doing theater of the mind and things like that and i'd already kind of switched to 3d minis for other reasons particularly mm-hmm. for like tactical engagement reasons and rules um but yeah to to engage these people who who were struggling you know when you know <laughs> using very elaborate language or whatever and they were just saying nothing in their head where something really cool mm-hmm. like one of your wands or the rings or you know like you know that yeah, which figurine we talked about earlier, like that just instantly they know what they're looking at. Well, I, I didn't expect that, but yeah, uh, if it helps and well, you're very, I'm not sure if it's lucky, but uh, <laughs> you actually encountered two such people who were aware of the problem uh, unless you help them diagnose it. And the one of the other things that with uh, it's hard to always capture everybody's attention at the table, like you said, and I am a humongous fan of immersion, like as much immersion as you can manage uh, in uh, to man- so much so that when I don't uh, I went and hand built a tavern in my backyard to to run my mm-hmm. games out of. So seeing <laughs> seeing cool props that I can and 3D print and like this, like you've got one that you're showing off on your Kickstarter video, which is like a book with dials on the front that you have to actually physically move to open up the book. And that sort of thing is just wonderful. And it's it shows off the strength of 3D printing for games because yeah. something like that would not make sense as a mass market product. And if it ever did make sense, then every player knowing would know it would lose the the wow puzzle factor because everybody knows the book spinny puzzle thing because everybody has it because it's at every game store but those actually uh, lock right like they actually like click open yeah and lock. you can yeah. actually set up your your combinations so it's not that uh, that's uh, unreusable for for future no, stuff but uh, <laughs> but I'm, yeah i think i am floored yeah and uh it's also worth mentioning to listeners it's still late pledgeable right people can still pledge it on my mini factory right yeah, I think I think it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's only uh, sixty-five. Looks like for all in core bundle is twenty-five. So yeah, if you want to get on, that's still there. And you're making this into a monthly thing? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, we made some uh, what was it? Uh, Kickstarter polls or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, asking for emails for distribution and uh, plugged out also a, a question if people were interested in this. Uh, but it turns out actually uh, there was quite quite some interest uh, 
in uh, a monthly bundle of props. Mainly props because puzzles require much, much more uh, time and uh, test printing. And even, even if the design doesn't take long, the test printing and tweaking everything to work will take a long time and it can actually be longer than a month uh, with some things. So it's risky to, to also uh, supply uh, puzzles as those things, but in the future, who knows? So, so to clarify though, it's a different username and different name on my many factory, right? It's props yes. and beyond. Is that correct? Yes, exactly. I didn't want to confuse people that saw minis and found props. So the props, is it also on Patreon separately as well? Or is it... Didn't they... start a Patreon because, uh, okay. well, it so was that's... reasonable to, to go with MMF if people already got the Kickstarter things. That... Right, right. So that is exclusive to tribes kind of for yeah. the monthly. Okay, yeah. good good for folks to know. So uh, it looks like some of our live audience appreciates that. Dave, uh, David, uh, which is uh, one of our frequent commenters is saying that's super awesome <laughs> <laughs> it is super awesome i like it yeah. and finding out that maxim's pretty much doing it all himself is even more awesome no. holy crap <laughs> Like, of course, you know, of course, yeah. Physical no, engineering no, no. I mean, and for, puzzles. And... <laughs> for props, for props, for the props and beyond brand, uh, I'm getting much, much, much more help than for Okay, me, so. okay. So you're not like making right. those combination locks on top of, you know, your... I made some of, some of them, but okay. uh, not, not, not the, the major, majority of, of things. Uh, so, so yeah, that's... Incredibly talented and modest. Got mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Removing a kidney with one hand, <laughs> custom sculpting a puzzle cube to send us all the hell in the other. Right. <laughs> 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 so can we go through the creative process uh for those of you who are eager to listen to the projects we're working on this week we usually open with that we're in the middle of the interview we'll get back to that uh, right before the shout outs so do not worry you'll get to see christian's amazingly creepy undead monsters soon <laughs> well yeah no but i also think we like are so excited to talk to max and that we're, like just diving in so yeah sorry oh i'd like to hear about his process too sorry <laughs> how, go ahead. yeah how does the thing get made <sighs> That's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'd say actually that uh, the process is different for each thing. I actually have a like a pipeline uh, written out on diagrams to to keep track of it. Uh, so I I think that most uh, well the most common thing would be a process for a mini, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We can do one specific uh, like this batch of rangers. Yeah. How did they get made? Well, they're actually something new I tested. So. Uh, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> so they deviate. Got it. Crap. <laughs> I hope we next week. We're going to find out that he's summoning dragons from the ether because he found some new amazing technology that makes that possible. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, uh, because of the fact that, uh, well, also we got many requests that people would like to see more poses. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, the, the approach was uh, adjusted to that. But, uh, well, let's say that the first thing is the idea. So if we wanted to make rangers, right? So uh, we have the general concept of what a ranger is Some after some research and uh, some, uh, you know, searching here and there and uh, finding what's, what appeals to, to, to the audience and to us mainly. Uh, well, then there are the poses. So for poses, uh, we actually sometimes take pictures of ourselves to make them uh, as correct as possible. So, uh, you know, uh, I also, because of my uh, background in historical reconstruction, like uh, sword fighting, archery and all that, uh, I have a fairly good understanding of how the poses should work and uh, what should happen in given situations and uh, how the balance, for example, works. That's something I see a lot uh, in minis out there that, uh, well, 
it shows when when you know what a sword in the hand feels like and uh, actually having a proper uh, sword fighting stance. So so that's one thing. Um, so yeah, after after the pose idea, um, it's uh, time for the modeling. Uh, if there is concept art, uh, especially for the more important characters like heroes, uh, there's there's the artwork that we'll keep uh, fairly close to. Uh, of course, it's a little bit stylized, like you can see in some of the uh, sneak peeks for next months. Uh, but so that's why it needs to needs to be translated into more minis with a little bit more detail, for example. Um, so the sculpting, the sculpting is, uh, <laughs> as you'd expect, uh, much uh, much work on uh, the basic blockout first. So it's a more technical approach to make it all uh, the the basic silhouette uh, work first, and then get into the details of uh, everything. Um, however. We're also trying to not overdo the details because then it's uh, actually only paintable with uh, washes and dry brush and uh, that's not the way that many people would like to paint. So having details that are paintable uh, in a reasonable way also uh, is important. Uh, so, you know, you need to find find the, the place where the de details need to uh, stop and give way to the general uh, volume. <sighs> yeah, then there's uh, print uh, assessing for printability and uh, if everything is uh, technically correct, uh, if, if all uh, is good, then it gets sent to our pre-support master, Haydash Workshop, who is the only person who does pre-supports for us and from the beginning for more than a year now. And uh, he's getting really good reviews for, for the pre-supports. I mean, you've printed some of the things, so you possibly know. Uh, how nice it is to just pull the supports off. Uh, yeah, then there's rendering, and we are there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just like that. <laughs> just yeah. like that. Bingo, bango, bongo. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, that, that is, uh, that is, I'm very glad you have a detailed process all mapped out. Uh, so you mentioned pre-supporting, and when I first got into the hobby, uh, like, a couple of years ago, like pre-supporting didn't exist. And then all of a sudden Nothing it's everywhere. And do you think that that's like absolutely required right now for, for any yeah. figure artist to have pre-supported models? Well, if you want to exist on the market, I think it's, it's, this is the way, uh, especially if you are intending to have a merchant license for your, for your models, because, well, I used to print some stuff, uh, like I said, commercially back in the times when there were no pre-supports for things. Uh, and it was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do hate, do hate pre-supports and the whole process. So, so yeah, uh, maybe some people do enjoy it. like, uh, the, the, the person that we're working with, uh, and uh, he actually finds it soothing. I don't judge. I just can't okay. understand. I'm glad somebody likes doing it because I don't. <laughs> oh. I have to do my own supports a lot because I do a lot of kit bashing and stuff, but I don't oh, enjoy yeah. it. Oh, I very much love it when I get to just like, ooh, it's the right scale and the right size. I'm just going to drag all this to my build plate and not worry about that. Yes, that's that's something that we we didn't have the luxury in the back in the day. <laughs> so you you're bragging on your pre-supporter. So what makes a pre-supports good? Um, well, first reliability and uh, secondly that they don't leave marks on the models after printing because well there's no uh, no magic in having <coughs> the model auto pre-supported uh, with uh, super heavy supports and then print it uh, like without any problem however then when you remove them the model is all either in ugly holes or has those stubs of pre-supports left so well who wants that nobody wants that. Nobody, nobody wants that, that. so <laughs> so that's why you need a professional <laughs> 
So like uh you mentioned specifically the merchant license. Like so I'm guessing yeah. like your merchant customers. Like for, for those of you who may be new to the hobby, a merchant license is somebody who has purchased the right to sell prints of the model from the artist. Because that's just, that's not something you just can just do just because you found a cool thing on the internet. You can't just print it and sell it off. You've got to have the legal rights for doing things like that. So why do the merchants want the pre-supports? You mentioned those specifically. <laughs> if you are a merchant for more than one creator and uh, to have it all in, in store and uh, printable and uh, have it all on demand, then having to pre-support everything by yourself would uh, make it virtually impossible to, to run the business. I mean, if you are, at least when you are you're doing this yourself, everything. So it's a huge, huge uh, change for, for the printing business to get ready to print files and not have to work on them at all yourself. So they can just I mean, set up their trays and go. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Huge, huge change. But why have merchant tiers and stuff? Like, why aren't you just like, you know, shipping all that stuff yourself and, and printing all your orders? <laughs> I could answer that one. Uh, I mean, uh, right at, at this point, uh, it wouldn't actually be impossible. However, uh, looking at uh, how the market looks, uh, it's super, super competitive right now. And uh, for example, right, I'm in Poland. So our market for minis isn't actually that big and it's fairly saturated right now, mm -hmm. uh, while shipping to the biggest possible markets of the US is uh, absolutely <laughs> not feasible because of shipping costs. So right. uh, doing this myself would well, obviously be not, not be the lo logical step in all this. Well, I know sending, I do, I do books and I know sending books back to y'all, I, I spend sometimes 60, 70 bucks for, so I can only imagine a big yeah. army. <laughs> Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just sent a mini to some friends in Canada as just a present, and it cost me like forty bucks to send. Like Ryan's frog yeah, just cost me forty dollars to send them. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, and then if you need to cross the ocean, come on. Oh no, no, no oceans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need the strip stuff where I can drive. <laughs> That's well, and the distributed dealer is really cool too because it's also going to increase delivery speed. So, like, <laughs> you know, Mac Maxim can get the file out to his patrons that are merchanteer. It's going to suddenly be available. Somebody in, like, you know, Chicago or even here, Utah, is going to print that and ship it out to somebody, you know, in Nevada way faster. So, like, it makes a lot of sense, not just for, you know, Maxim to save the, the headache, but also just the customer satisfaction loop's going to be faster. So, I. I think it's really smart. Yeah, however, I know there are services actually like uh, appearing right now that offer a margin for organizing all this for you. So mm -hmm. I think uh, patrons like Printed Obsession are using those. Yep. Uh, so they have uh, like a third party that does all all the logistics and printing and log logistics behind this and just uh, gives you a cut in sale. So yeah, that's something uh, for people to also uh, look into if they are creating and wish to enter the physical market. However, well, the cuts to make it uh, competitive with uh, uh, the usual sale price for minis would, I'm, I'm not sure if it would uh, all add up in the end. Well, it's like uh, the reason like I, I'm so into 3D printing and this like, I understand that you know, there are fans out there who don't want to do the 3D printing themselves and stuff. And, you know, and, and that's the reason that the, the, the merchants exist. And, and I'm very happy that everybody gets to enjoy that relationship. But my favorite part is that you all release, you know, these cool twin elves with awesome swords. And two hours later, I have them in my hand halfway across the world. And that's, that's something that like all is only possible because of, of, of what has happened in the last couple of years. So what has been your view of, 
like how this 3D printing market has blown up the last couple of years? Uh, well, we started with like just a few people doing this. Uh, Miguel Zavala, the main one. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, well, I think uh, that uh, it's a really good uh situation for us tabletop people to be able to just uh, especially with uh, printer prices going down and down and uh, quality going up uh, and with presuppose actually so it's all a uh, much lower threshold of entry uh, in the hobby uh, that we can print and uh, even even the small things like uh, be able to re reprint something uh, and learn to paint, for example. Because with uh, store-bought minis, you are kind of limiting yourself because of uh, fear of breaking something and making it not work as you wanted it after you spent like 20 bucks on it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's also a big thing, uh, at least for me who cannot paint for <laughs> any any anyway. Uh, what else I can say? Um, I'd say that I'm not sure that printing will... Uh, influence the physical mini market that much in the long run. I mean, uh, we are seeing more people getting into printing, of course, but it's also, well, it is a messy hobby usually. <laughs> and uh, I mean, at least uh, not until printers get uh, super easy user experience, like with a 2D printer. Uh, I mean, I know that like Formlabs printers have it much simpler than uh, usual resin printers. However, it's also well, you can get <laughs> resin spills and you get the smell and all that. So, oh, so yeah, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 not that that quick a process to. Uh, I mean, at least uh, some people suggest that maybe possibly uh, bigger brands uh, of physical means will eventually get, get into the STL market. Who knows? Uh, but right now, well, like the only big brands I know of are um, Adifius, um, I guess, I guess Patentforge and were, were a physical crew beforehand. Yeah, and so yeah. was Heroes Infinite. Uh, they were a physical crew, but they were still pretty tiny. And then Modifius, yeah. I think, is maybe the biggest currently that has kind of jumped in the market. I but, did see well, also Peterson Games just started selling through. How much is, is the, the Modifius in the general STL market? I mean, they have uh, a few terrains for yeah. Yeah. Fallout and Skyrim. Of... I mean, yeah, and a couple of follow-up figures, which, not much. <laughs> which they probably wouldn't even wish to produce physically. So, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, the thing. I think that's mainly marketing st stuff and not really uh, right. intended yeah. for production. Well, it's definitely nowhere near the quality and quantity with the Patreons like yours. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, that has been a fairly wonderful uh, bit of info uh, from Max. Is there anything else that we want to make sure we talk about before our hour is up here? Hmm. Well, I think we covered most of it. I mean, uh, <laughs> making uh, just uh, shout outs to uh, things that will happen and will be there, uh, of course, uh, if that will be possible. So, of course, of uh, course. Yes, yes. Yeah, I wanted to like, actually... see if there was any big topics before we jumped into the, the what we're working on and what we're shouting out to section. It was like, oh, no, you forgot completely that you need to do this with a printer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we covered most of it. Uh, at least uh, in my uh, 1 a.m. understanding of things right now. Oh, we have to thank you so much for being awake <laughs> right now. Like, I was totally willing to get up at 3 a.m. on a Sunday for this, and you were like, oh, come on. I, I so much appreciate you being able to, to cop on well, when we can do a live show. Still my working hours, so it's okay. <laughs> uh, Probably going to stop something. Man my own heart. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's funny you mentioned the Twin Elves, uh, Param, because actually that was the thing that got me, and I have, in fact, become a patron during this broadcast. So. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> I love this. 
No. And like, and, also, like, I'm noticing, like, even with your stuff, specifically your skill, your stuff was already on the good side of the market. And I'm not going to, like, bash on any particular creators, but, like, there's this line when I say, oh, that's a good 3D print. I want to give them money. And your stuff was already above the line. But your stuff has gotten better and better and better every single month, like, to the point that these rangers are just, like, so crisp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really important for me that there's progress, actually, because, yeah, I, I actually see that myself mm -hmm. that uh, this there was some moment of stagnation in in like between months three and possibly six and that but then things started to get a little bit better and uh, slowly slowly yeah I, thank you so much for for pointing this out and actually noticing this this is like super important for me and uh, of course uh, chris thank you for joining <laughs> oh yeah absolutely absolutely and, and thank you for I winning me over uh you, you are both fascinating to talk to and as i as i dug more into the newer files I, I can totally agree that the the quality of the sculpts is definitely it was already good but it's just getting better and better so <laughs> thanks a lot they look like ponies instead of just tiny horses <laughs> 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 okay. okay so before we get to the before we get into the shout outs let's talk about what we're working on this week uh what is what's our projects what is coming out of our printers i've literally have all both of my printers burning it up right now so christian what's a, coming out of your printers right lately uh right now i did uh the Bistarium Scragoth Raptors is what they're called. Um, I don't know that they were intended to be presented as undead, but man, they screamed undead to me. Those are creepy! <laughs> For those of you so who I, are not seeing that, it's this pink and, and, and yellow monstrosity with claws and made of nightmares. Yeah, I, I tried to, to make it look like it had been flayed and like it had bone armor growing out of it. I mean, the, the Pistarium minis are already just kind of like crazy Dark Souls horror vibe. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, they just were so, so nice to just pull it out. Uh, but but if they're horrifying to you, I also did something a little little more chill. I also uh, finished off some treants uh, from Drunken Dwarf. And I believe one, um, ooh, I think it's from... Um, uh, print monsters. It's cast from in cast and play. You're right. It is uh, the, the the we call him Beaky because he he is a treant that has like a like he's leaning more like bestial and he has like a beak on him. Yeah, he's a little cute mushroom on his on his back too, which is adorable. Mm -hmm. Uh, but uh, Vanessa, my friend, actually helped me finish off my paints with him. She did a lot of my um uh dry brushing at the end so we kind of did a collaboration on thanksgiving like when we were waiting for food so they all look really good i'm seeing cool dry brushing is this uh some i know i know for a fact that on the undead you had to use some not uh contrast paint because you went out in the middle of painting these right before the game session yeah. to get some ubshanti bone i did i did uh so yeah it was it was um Again, I'm a big fan of doing the the double uh, zenithal where I, I did red to get the kind of base bloody flayed tone, and then I did like a just a brush of white on them, and then contoured underneath to get that kind of flayed grossness, and then dry brushed in some bone areas. Uh, then I went back and did a little bit of um, uh, washes on the bones to do some shadows and edges and stuff. It still needs, I think, more work. But you're you're you, we're always I'm always going to say something's not done because that's just too much. So. <laughs> Life I, of perfection. Yes. I, I had fun with the airbrush. 
to oh. uh, with this last project. So I'm finishing up my army, uh, my my elf army project. I have a couple more to paint, uh, and I have a bunch more that I have to paint for the elven rangers, the glade stalkers. Uh, I play kings of war, and so the elven glade stalkers. So I need me some some elfy rangers, and for those I'm using uh, uh, Max's uh, uh, elven set from chapter. I forget what chapter, but uh, that's I think that's five. Right. Five? Yes. I'm using the customizer. They look good. Uh and uh so I'm do using those to be to make my glaze soggers, but I need my oven king. So I have this the uh, uh from the last sword miniatures they did this really great elven hero on horse and uh up on, I'm gonna pull it up on screen where you can see uh, I got the dry brush out and it was just freezing cold and I already ruined two minis trying to prime outside. So when I when I ruin a mini, that's when I know it's time to go back inside where it's warm and use the dry brush. So this is my first time I ever primed with a dry brush and I was so worried oh, I was wow. going to clog that thing up. So I clogged. So I did the dry brush black. You're saying uh, dry brush. Do you mean airbrush? Sorry, airbrush. Yeah. I, okay. I primed with an airbrush. You can totally prime with a dry brush. I saw, um, I saw, oh, I forget the name. Uh, uh, Goobs was talking about it w- uh, when they were talking about dry brushing uh, lately. But right. Who's the dude that does all the dry brushing? Goes, uh, whoever. Anyway, uh, instead of me stumbling around, so I, I pulled out the airbrush, not the dry brush, and um, some Steinle Res Black because that's what I'm uh, uh, contractually obligated to use, according to all YouTube uh, miniature painters. Uh, and I got that on there, and then I came in with uh, Pro Acryl's white, titanium white. Instead, I've been was using ink, uh, but I'm swearing off ink after this. This is the best way to prime white. It goes on just as smooth as the ink does, and nice. it's acrylic, so it's just as strong as your normal acrylic layer. So you don't have to do that recommendation where if you use the inks, it's kind of fragile. Uh, mm-hmm. So like you, know, you say, and then wait a day. And I'm like, I don't have a day to wait. I printed this this morning. I need to use it tonight, and I need it painted now. Uh, so yeah, so the, the pro acryl white just comes out so buttery smooth and, and so bright and, in the, I've got a picture of it up on screen. And then just from there, I got on the counter charge, uh, who's a Kings of War podcast counter charge. They run a discord called counter charge after dark, which is just a discord to go hang out in when you're painting minis. And hmm. then, uh, and I've lost the link to it. Oh, there it is. And then I just pulled it up and just sit there for four hours, just chilling, chatting, and painting this king for all he was worth. And I got like so many layers of cloth and uh, folded down there. And I was like, and I'm going to paint this horse butt the best I've ever painted a horse's butt before. And I was so <laughs> proud of it when I was done with it. <laughs> I hopefully you're not offended, Maxim, by, by, by horse butt. No, Max, I mean, I sculpted all the butts. So. Yeah, Max has sculpted some of the best horse butts I've ever printed. <laughs> I'm using one of your horses. Uh, I'm going to hold it up the screen right now. I'm using one of your horses right now that I've uh. kit bashed. Uh, that camera a not techless onto to be there my mages my arc mage for my army nice <laughs> yeah cool max sculpts good horse butt <laughs> <laughs> i'll put that on my resume <laughs> doctor oh. and sculpts horse butt <laughs> as soon it's going to be a puzzle horse butt that you turn the tail the right way and a wand sticks out <laughs> <laughs> All right. What an idea. This is family friendly, Param. Come on. All right. So, Max, what are you working on right now? Like, what's popping out of your printer? Is it more test prints? 
I mean, from my print days right now, popping uh, mostly fails because it got really cold out here. Mm. And my print is in the garage. So, uh, mm. yeah, now is the time of print failures and uh, waiting it, it for heating up for like two hours before it can be used. So, yeah, <laughs> not much of you actually use, but, uh, you know, of course, test prints for future releases. Wonderful. Well, I hope that uh, they come out not failing soon. And it's time to shout out to cool things. So, Max, where can we find your, your projects? What cool things do you want to shout out to? Okay. So, uh, of course, uh, you can find me on Patreon. So, uh, the printing goes ever, goes ever on, uh, which you can also find on MMF Tribes under the same name. Uh, you can also, uh, of course, uh, find uh, the previous releases and models there. Uh, also on my website, also the printing goes over on. If you Google it, you will find it. Uh, also, of course, uh, the um, Props and Beyond brand uh, for the puzzles and props things, uh, if you are into that. Uh, so this is also on uh, MMF mainly uh, to be found. Uh, so my main factory uh, where you can uh, grab. Well, actually, I think now you can't grab the uh, November bundle. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I think it can be too late. But we've got some cool stuff for December that's uh, basically right, uh, ready to be published uh, tomorrow or today. So, uh, you know, could be worth it. Worth, well, worth checking, plus, checking out. If you join in December, you get a discount code for previous releases. Uh, well, yes, of course. I mean, that's the first release we had in November. So that's true. Uh, for, for that, that uh, we'll need to have the code. Name. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so many things to organize. Oh, no. I'm sure you can yeah. handle it. You've got seven hands. Uh, I wish, I wish, I I wish I could clone myself. That would be super helpful. Oh, you know. Shift D and Blender. <laughs> Not too many clones, though. With your skill set, we would be in trouble. To take over everything. Uh, you know, I'd like to limit myself to what I do at least for now, <laughs> and to be able to control it properly. <laughs> awesome, Christian. Any shoutouts from you? Uh, just a couple quick things. Um, I wanted to thank those Patreons that like are not doing complete holiday sets. Uh, <laughs> specifically, though, if you're going to do one, like Epic did theirs, but it's free. It's an additional set. So I think that was really worth calling out. Crippled God hid a secret goblin set inside their holiday set. So it's <laughs> not just a holiday set. So those are worthwhile. Um, and then a lot of you know, just general winter ones. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily go through that list because it's really big. But um, also just Patreons that do annual enrollments like yours, Maxim. Printing Everon has annual enrollments, which I adore because you save up and just do one purchase and then have it coming in without having to worry about getting dinged every month. And the discount, uh, yours is 18%, which is fantastic. So thank so you. So it's like two months. Yeah, in, in, yeah. In, thank you so much for trusting me for a year. <laughs> Those were really good twin L's. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, that's me. I you want got... to. Sh I need to shout out to my other podcast right now, No Direction, because tomorrow live we are going to have uh, Eric Mona on to talk about um, Absalom, City of Lost Omens, the book we still aren't okay. It's it. I have it. They sent me a press copy. I've read it. And I'm still not sure it really exists. This thing has been delayed that many times. So, so find I was out if this book it for is first first edition. I think right. I was expecting yeah. It that. was uh, it was supposed to be the the first holiday window for second edition's launch. Gotcha. 
Yeah. So this is a book that has been epically delayed again and again and again and again. And it's, um, uh, I'm, I have it, I've read it and I still don't believe it exists. Find out if it's real tomorrow <laughs> on no direction. <laughs> All right. And that brings us to close. If you wish to uh, further follow the podcast and do so over at printyourgames.com, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever podcasts are found. Do give us a good rating at your favorite podcast uh, website. A five-star rating on iTunes would really help us out right about now. Enjoying things. Uh, also give us a thumbs up if you're watching us up on the YouTubes or wherever you found it. Also, comments or questions are wonderful. You can email us at podcast at printergames.com and you can find us over at Printer Games on Twitter and the newly released Printer Games Facebook page, which uh, existed all of as of four hours ago. <laughs> and I'm still getting some of that stuff set up, but hey, it's over there. Uh, we do uh, want to thank everyone who has been sending us notes and feedback and cheers and fan mail. It has been wonderful. Uh, these past four episodes uh, have been very well received. And of course, thank you to Maxim for being our first guest. Thank you, Maxim. Yes, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Here. Wonderful having you on here. Go fun. check out Maxim's stuff uh, and go check out our stuff. We will see you all next week on Print Your Games.